0: Hi everybody, it's great to see you this beautiful Sunday morning. Would you stand with me please as we worship the Lord this morning in song, praising His name because He is here with us today as we are gathered as believers in Christ to just praise Him this morning. So glad to have you here with us today, singing about the battles that we fight daily because God is in the midst of them. He is the one that gives us the victory over those trials and tribulations because He is the Messiah. So as we raise our voices this morning, let's sing to Jesus and just raise our praises to Him because He is worthy of it all. Amen. Come on, you know this
1: song. I want you to sing it up.
0: With me today. Hey, would you turn to your neighbor this morning and say hello to someone around you if you don't know them? We are really glad to have you worshiping with us today. God wants our praises to be on our lips constantly and encouraging each other as we lift His name up. You so much for this day that you have given us. We thank you so much, Lord, as we've been singing to you tonight, today, that we sing about the battles that we have in our lives, the trials and tribulations, Lord, and knowing that you are walking each and every step with us, Lord God, it allows us to claim the victories that you have planned for our lives if we just hang on to you, Lord. If we just claim the Messiah, Lord God, of what you did for us all those years ago on the cross, Lord, and just how. You allow us the freedom to be called our sons and daughters of the king of kings. God, let our praises constantly come. Let your praises constantly come from our lips, Lord God, so that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us, Lord. We are honored to be here today. We are honored to be in your presence. And we are honored that you loved us so much, Lord God, that you came to earth, died for us, rose from the dead. And you are preparing a place in heaven for us one day for those who believe. Lord, help us to believe today, Lord God. Open our hearts for what you want us to hear. We love you, Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat, please.
2: Good morning. You can see the, the lights. and isn't, Doesn't it look cool in here? And it's not even like a quarter of the way finished. So after the second service today, after this service, this whole church is going to be flipped upside down. And so I'm excited. We have over 300 kids signed up for this week. That's awesome. That's amazing. Like. And so just be in prayer for this week. Be praying for all of the team that's serving, for the kids that are coming, most importantly, for them to trust in Jesus that's that's the shift like Pastor Jim was saying to shift our trust from ourselves or the world to Jesus that's that's what we're trying to tell these kids is that Jesus Christ can be their forever friend their Lord and Savior and that's what we're going to be sharing this week so be in prayer for all the children that are going to be in this room all over this church and so we're thrilled and just be in prayer it's going to be an awesome week um, listen, I have a few things to share with you guys just by way of announcement that are coming up. Uh, one is on, on um, October, uh, August 13th. I know July hit us, and then all of a sudden we're skipping, you know, August and September. But on uh, August uh, 13th, we're having our church picnic at Palmer Park. And so more information to come about what's happening and the different activities. Um, and so if you would like to help out with that, um, I know Cindy allowed, I would love to talk to you. Um, you can always grab me or fill out a connect card and just say things like I'd love to help out with, um, you know, planning games or different activities throughout the, throughout the day at, at the picnic. Just let us know and reach out to us, and we'd love to have you. And then August uh, 18th, we're going to be having our second movie night. We're going to be showing the movie Super Mario Brothers, the one that just came out. So it's going to be a great, a great night. We had an awesome movie night in June, and we're looking forward to a great one in August. So a few, a few fun things to share when it gets closer, but we'll leave that there for now. Um, Some surprises that we're going to have on the movie night, so we're looking forward to that on August 18th. Church, as we continue on this morning, I just want to say thank you for being faithful uh, to the Lord through giving. And you can give online through the mail or the offering boxes here in the church, but thank you for being faithful. Our mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're headed, that's where we're going um, I also want to say welcome to all of our guests. Welcome to those who are joining us for the first time today. So welcome. We're glad you're here. Stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. We would love to give you a gift and just say thanks for being here with us. We'd love to connect with you. Church, would you stand with me this morning as we continue on in our service and just, just worshiping the Lord and let's just ask him to, to speak to us um, and move in our hearts this morning as we sing and then as we hear from the word here in a minute. Lord, we we come to you, uh, open hands, and we say thank you for being here with us. Thank you for being um, just who you are. God, you are God. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And because of your love for us, even while we were still sinners, you sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord, we thank you for that truth. We proclaim it this morning. And, Lord, I pray that as we walk out of here um, today that we would be encouraged, challenged, convicted, uh, Lord, and just knowing that you are at work in this body of believers, that this church, this group of people. Uh, Lord, we pray for this upcoming uh, week for VBS, our mega sports camp. We pray for uh, just a wonderful week. Uh, We pray for all the children that will be coming and all the families, ultimately, that will be impacted as a result of this week. We pray for them and lift them to you. And for this movie night coming up in August, as well as our church picnic, it's all for you. And we leave it at your feet in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: for your great singing today. Go ahead and have a seat, please.
3: I want to say thank you for praying for us while we were in Ecuador. This time last Sunday, we were worshiping the Lord in Quito, Ecuador with uh, hundreds of people. And it was a wonderful day. Our our team was running the children's ministry. I was able to speak in the service. and, And we had a great, great time. So God is good. Thank you so much for your prayers. God is good. Amen. We will have a celebration in a few weeks here. This week is our Vacation Bible School. So we want to, we want to focus in on our vacation Bible school this week. The, the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. And so that's why we're able to go and do those things in Ecuador because the light is shining bright here and people are coming to Jesus here in this, in this church. So I'm excited about what God is going to be doing. Uh, before I jump into a few other things here this morning, I'd like to ask you to pray for a few people. We got word this morning that one of our members wants to be with the Lord this morning, Phyllis Bickerton. She was part of our Saturday night service. Uh, if you knew Phyllis, she's a wonderful lady. I've uh, been, uh, love the Lord, faithful part of our church family for about 20 years here. So if you'll be praying for their family. Also, Ron Berger was taken to the hospital on Friday afternoon, I believe it was. He had a heart attack and he's been in intensive care for the last few days. And Ron is, uh, he's, he's in his 80s. So I'm going to ask you to pray for Ron. Ron and Sue, as you know, have been, uh, faithful part of our church. They love the Lord and uh, I've had a lot of good talks with her. She's encouraged by some hopeful signs that they're seeing and uh, we're just praying for the Lord's will to be done there. And then also for Hal Breinig. Many of you have asked about Hal Breinig. Hal has gone through surgery after surgery this year and uh, you haven't seen him in church at all for the last few months because they have removed so much of his uh, body just with all of the cancer that he had all over him. But uh, I want you to be praying for him. He's, I know he sits at home and he's watching online as much as he can, and he can't wait to get back into the building. So if you'll be lifting those folks up in prayer. Um, so uh, today, I, I, as we are thinking about Vacation Bible School, I'm going to jump into the series eventually here. Exiles. Okay, we're going to be studying the book of First Peter and Second Peter. But uh, as we jump into this this morning, I just want to share with you uh, an exciting story here of one of the, one of our people here that um, that is coming to our church. And I've asked her to come up and share. This is Amanda Fear. So if you'd welcome Amanda Fear to the stage this morning. Thank you. All right, Amanda. Uh, Amanda is not from Pittsburgh originally, right? Um, you're temporarily in Pittsburgh. Why don't you tell us a little bit of your story? How, where, did, where did you live and how did you get connected to the church here?
4: Um, well, I grew up in New Jersey and every single summer I would come back to Pennsylvania to stay with my grandparents and they lived across the street from some kids that I would play with who are long-standing members of this church. And they invited me to like vacation Bible school and other church events that, are, that would be like equivalent to canopy kids now. Um, and yeah.
3: Okay. So, she, so she, so your grandmother lived here in, uh, around near, near the church, right? Yeah. So your grandmother lived in Charloway and your neighbor kids, the neighbor kids across from the street would come to church. And I remember you told me you didn't really know much about church or anything, but no. what, was, what were you trying to do there?
4: Uh, well, like, actually, I was really just trying to play with my friends for as long as possible because kids being kids at, like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old, that's what they do. Um, and, yeah, that's why I got the invite.
3: Okay, so you got an invite, so you wanted to play with your friends, and, you know, of course, your grandma's house, nothing against grandma, but you're seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and yeah. you just want to hang out with some of the, the uh, people your age. And so you get invited to vacation Bible school. Why don't you tell us what happened in your life here?
4: Um, Well, after a couple years of going to vacation Bible school, there was one time where I remember sitting in the gymnasium over there, and I don't know if we were, like, playing, like, some scooter game beforehand, but I kind of remember being on scooters and throwing dodgeballs or something, but afterwards, we were on the bleachers, and uh, someone asked, you know, if anybody... Uh, has not accepted jesus as their savior yet and wants to please raise your hand and as like a 10 year old i think at this time um you know i'm terrified because the one thing that most kids do whenever you tell them not to do something is probably like you know i'm going to open my eyes and peek and see who's you know not saved yet but i raised my hand anyway and we were brought upstairs and we prayed together and i guess the rest is
3: And that was the day you trusted Christ as your Savior. Yes, it was. Can we thank God for that? Isn't that exciting? All right. So you started a personal relationship with Jesus, but you really didn't live here and you didn't really go to church, right? I mean, you moved back home.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I moved like I'm obviously like I said, grew up in New Jersey, moved back home. But I always knew Jesus was with me and I would, you know, read my Bible you know, as much as possible. And I still remember like my family saying, why do you want to read that? Isn't it boring? And I'm like, no, it's kind of interesting actually. Um, and, uh, I, I do remember a poignant moment, I guess, whenever I was in like seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I would get teased a lot. And, um, instead of having a destructive thing, I would write on my hand, help me God through the days and years and all the days and years to come. And, You know, somehow that got me through those really horrible, you know, pre-teen, teenage years when I was being picked on and... Yeah, that's that's
3: incredible. And then so about five years ago, I remember you wandered in here. So you came back. So you haven't lived here. You only mm-hmm. came in in the summers. You come and you trust Christ as your savior. It's yeah. a summer event for the kids here. Yeah. And then now we see you 30 years later here. Right. So <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Twenty five years later. Yeah. So.
4: Um I, I guess. Well, I came here in December uh, for Christmas and. I ended up not going home because my pap wasn't doing very well, and uh, he broke his hip and had a couple mini strokes, and so I was helping my grandma take care of him. And so while I was doing that, I was like, "Oh, how great would it be to go back to the church that I remember running around a l- as a little kid?"
3: Mm. So. And so she's been coming in, and you've been getting grounded and growing yes. in Christ, you know? Yes, and it's amazing. <laughs> she just went to Ecuador with us, and that awesome. Yeah. 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 What what was your take on going to Ecuador?
4: I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Like, the little kids would warm your heart and make your heart just, like, crack open. There were several nights where I would get tears, like, at bedtime when I was journaling and everything, and just, like, reflecting back on how beautiful it was like we were doing exactly the things that i remember as you know a kid like the crafts and the games and you know of course the bible stories and everything too but i think it all works together and ties together to like reach kids in such a unique way so i mean it was really awesome
3: so she came to christ here now she came on went on an ecuador missions trip with us and uh, we're looking to just encourage her in her faith. And so we're so thrilled about what God has done. Now, I, I want you to catch us, folks. This week of Vacation Bible School, there's going to be other Amandas that are going to walk in the door. There's going to be other kids that are here because they're staying at their grandmother's house as well. There's going to be other kids that are your friends and your family, your neighbors, people that you're going to invite to church, and they're going to come to Vacation Bible School, and somebody is going to have fun with them. You know, the, the language of young people is fun. We have to have fun. If we don't have fun, we don't have young people, okay? Um, and food, all right? So those are those are the two big languages. So you know what happens? You guys are going to have the sports camp, and they are going to open the doors for relationship. We open the doors for Jesus. Is what we do. So we're, they're out there. You're going to go out there. You're going to play soccer. You're going to play basketball. You're going to play all these different games, and all the things that are going to be happening here. And people are going to come to Jesus. And there's going to be another Amanda, who maybe 25 years from now will be able to tell their story. Hey, I came, I came to Grandma's house, and look what God did. So what I want to do this morning is, if are you, if you are in here this morning, and you are. Serving in, vol- uh, serving in the Vacation Bible School this week in the Mega Sports Camp. Would you please stand? I want to pray over you this morning. We're going to commission you this morning, all right? Let's look all around the auditorium. We've got a number of people. Yes, yes, upstairs. Let's give these folks a hand, man. I thank God for you all. I know we've got an army. Christy, what's our total count of volunteers? Something over 100. Something over 100, Okay. Most of them are sleeping right now because you know what's coming tomorrow, right? So um, I just want many teenagers, adults, we've got a lot of people that are going to be serving. So we are going to commission you now to go out and to give the good news of Jesus Christ because what you are doing is important. This is not something we do just to fill the church calendar. We are going to see somebody's life transformed. And somebody will stand up here, be going on a mission trip one day with us. Somebody is going to come back and say, hey, thank you. And when you get to heaven, folks, I want you to think about this. You get to heaven, somebody is going to say, hey, thank you. You may not remember this, but when I was in third grade, I was kicking the soccer ball and wouldn't listen to you. But you cared for me, and you told me about Jesus. I'm going to pray over you now. Father God, I come before you, Lord, and I commission these people in the name of your Almighty Spirit of God. Lord, what we're doing this week is by the hand of the Almighty. God, you have divine appointments. You have little kids that are going to walk in this door. Lord, many of our own children that we love so dearly, that come here week in, week out, Lord, they're going to be here, and they're going to be bringing their friends. Lord, use those kids. May you do what only you can do. May you transform all of our lives this week. God, I pray for all these adults in this room that are serving, adults and teenagers, God. Lord, we have 100 people that are serving these 300-plus kids this week. God, would you do what only you can do? Lord, allow us to remember the names of the kids. Allow us to look into their eyes. Allow us to pray for them. Lord, grab the heart of everyone serving, Lord, and use us for your honor and glory. God, as we give of ourselves, we want to see them find Jesus. God, be with each person as we speak boldly the, the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Some will be leading games, some will be leading lessons, some will be leading and uh, giving food and caring for people. But Lord, as we have this big party all week up here, Lord, I pray that it will be a party for God. And Lord, I pray for the Amandas that will be coming, Lord. I thank you what you're going to do, and we are going to give you the incredible glory, Lord, that you deserve. And so God, I, I, right now we commission these folks in the name of our Holy Father in heaven, our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for what you're going to do, and we are trying to obey your command to go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all things that you've commanded. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated, folks. Let's give Amanda a hand. Thank God for Amanda. As we jump into our series on exiles, it's a study of 1 Peter. And I want you to catch it because we're going to to today look at who is Peter here. He starts out in verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles, and so there's the name of the series there, the exiles, to those who are the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. This is a letter... First and second Peter, we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks here. And we're looking at, he starts out the very first line. He says, Peter, an apostle of Christ. This is who it's from. It's from Peter. But I want you to catch us. Who is Peter? As you look in the Bible, I'm just going to refresh your mind of who Peter is here. Peter is known as Simon Peter, okay? Simon is his birth name. He was given his birth name, Simon. Um, Peter is the name that Jesus would end up giving him. It's a, it's a name that means rock. It's Petros. It's, it's rock. Um, Jesus is the rock, but he said, Peter, you're going to become a small rock, a rock. And so Jesus gave him the name, and, and we'll see that here in just a little bit this morning. But Peter was a pebble who would put his trust in the boulder of Jesus Christ and go on for the rest of his life helping others to get that firm foundation in Jesus Christ on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter, that was not his original name. It was Simon. And Simon, interestingly enough, means one who hears. But what's kind of funny about Simon Peter here is he was the one, maybe his name means one who hears, but he didn't always listen. Do you ever notice that about your kids sometimes? Your kids don't, maybe they hear, but they don't listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they go out and they do the exact opposite of what you just told them to do, right? This happens quite often. Simon Peter, that's what he would do. He would hear the things of God. He would hear Jesus. He watched Jesus. And then quite often he would do uh, things that were up and down. He heard Jesus, but he didn't always listen. A few things about Peter that, that are uh, misnomers. Some people will try to tell you that Peter was the first pope. And, uh, well, we just don't simply see that in the scripture. And, uh, and there's reasons for that, and I'll even show you one of them here in just a few moments here. But also, you may have heard uh, stories about, you know, maybe somebody tells you a joke. Well, you know, the guy died and he went to heaven. St. Peter was at the gate, and and so he said to St. Peter, right? Um, There's uh, far more that God has for Peter than to be the the bottom line of a joke. Um, Let's meet Peter, the real Peter. He was a fisherman. He was a young man when Jesus came. And as this fisherman is sitting there, he's going through his nets. He's putting his nets away. And as he's putting his nets away, he hears Jesus teaching. Jesus came and taught along the lake. So as he's teaching, he hears him, and this is how he ends up coming to be a follower of Jesus. Um, he was born at Bethsaida in the lake of Gal- on the Lake of Galilee. Later, he ends up moving to Capernaum. Uh, he had a brother. His brother was named Andrew. His father was named Jonas. Um, and as a matter of fact, you'll see the, the Hebrew name is Simon bar Jonas, alright? And that means Simon, son of Jonah. And that would be, uh, not Jonah that we talked about a few weeks ago with the whale. It's a different Jonah. It'd be just like you looking at my kids and say, Carice, son of Ken, alright? So, uh, this was Simon, son of Jonah. Uh, a local man there, alright? Even Jesus referred to him as, with that name at one point. Peter was married. One of the, he's one of the twelve that were married. He was married. As a matter of fact, he lived with his mother-in-law. You can relate to this guy. You can pray for... No, I'm just kidding, right? You can relate to this guy, right? So not only was he married, but he had his mother-in-law that lived with him. So we see a lot of earthy things about Peter. He was a leader among the twelve. But before he was a leader, he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. He went from being a... Yes, I have assented, and I understand who Jesus is, and, and I and I want him to a follower of Jesus. He was a disciple. The word disciple is used 245 times in first uh, in, sorry in the Gospels. 245 times the word disciple is used in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, all rabbis would have disciples, and so Jesus had his disciples. These were the twelve disciples, and a disciple was this. A disciple is a learner. An apprentice. So if you were a disciple of Jesus, if you were in the, in a, a part of a rabbi's disciples, you wanted to become like your rabbi. So these people that were following Jesus, when he called them to be his disciples, they wanted to be like Jesus. They wanted the heart, the action, the mindset of Jesus to be in their life. And Jesus actually defined what it was to be a disciple. Look at this. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23... He says here, he says to them, if anyone desires to come after me, so if you desire to follow Jesus, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So so you have a new convert, a, a new believer, and then you have a disciple. And this is what was happening to Peter. Peter had become a disciple. He had taken up his cross. He denied himself. He There was sacrifice. And, folks, I want to encourage you, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus today, there's going to be sacrifice. You're going to look at the life of Jesus, and you're going to say, okay, this is what God wants, but this is what I want. And so there is a daily, look, he says, take up his cross daily and follow me. And so there's one thing to be a believer It's the next step to be a disciple. And this is what the Apostle um, Peter was here. And we're going to talk about his apostleship in just a few moments here. But he became a disciple. And folks, you will never experience God working through you until God first works in you. See, you've got to become a disciple first. And as you are a learner and apprentice, You are trying to obey Jesus. You're looking at the Word and letting Him help you, and you're responding in faith. Your works don't get you to God, but now that you've come to God, you say, This is my God. Jesus is my Lord, and I am going to follow Him. So this is what a disciple was. It's a lifelong process of conformity to God's will in your life. Peter was known to be impulsive. Peter was known to be strong-willed at times. Peter was kind of erratic all over the place. Simon told Jesus that he wouldn't be killed. Could you imagine telling Jesus, no, they're not going to take you to the cross? That's what Simon did. Look here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and that he must suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and that he would be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. I'll tell you what, Peter was pretty bold. Could you imagine? Jesus just says, They're going to kill me, and I'm going to rise again the third day. And Peter says, "Uh, Jesus, come here. That ain't happening. Not on my clock, right? Wow, he was all over the map. He had had a heart of gold. Um, He he was erratic, man. Whenever they arrested Jesus, he pulled out a sword and cut off the ear of a soldier. I mean, he was all over the place. He's self-confident. At times, he's prideful. I mean, this this guy is a guy that we can relate to. You know, Peter is, is, we see more recorded words from Jesus to Peter in the Scripture than any other disciple we see more about Peter than any other disciple. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see more about Peter than any disciple. The book of Mark will give you Peter's view of what he saw of the life of Jesus. He was tenderhearted. Whenever Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, he stood up on the mountain and he got to see this. Remember, Peter was part of that group, got to see this. And so he sees Jesus be transfigured, Elijah makes an appearance, and Moses makes an appearance. and Jesus uh, is up there, and Mo- um, sorry, Peter comes over and says, "How about I make a little tent for each one of you? I make a tabernacle, a little shelter for each one of you three. He had a heart of gold. And, and so, so Jesus, we, we see the more recorded words to Peter than any of the disciples. So why is that so important as we're looking at this study on First Peter? Because Peter is going to take the lessons that he learned from being with Jesus and he's going to give them to you. He's going to pass them on. He says that he's written them to the exiles. So the people that have been scattered all abroad. Peter died around AD 67, 68, right in that time frame. Um, Jesus had told him this. This is very interesting when Jesus told him about his death. Jesus said, now Peter... When you're younger, you got dressed and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, others will take you where you don't want to go. It's kind of interesting. That's what happens when you get older, right? When you're young, you go wherever you want. When you're older, other people make that decision for you, right? Uh, But what he was saying here, and John goes on, and John said that Jesus there was predicting his death. What he was saying is when you are older, Peter, you will die for me. And they will take you to a place where you don't want to go. And from what we understand from church tradition is that Peter, when he went as an old man, he went to die. They crucified him. And so they wanted to crucify him like Jesus. And he said, no, I don't want to go there. Crucify me upside down. Peter ends up being crucified upside down as well as with his wife. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, when Peter was younger, it was in Acts chapter 12. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead. He's in Acts chapter 12. They, uh, there was, There's was a, you know, a lot of persecution going on. And James had been killed. One of the disciples there, James, was killed with a sword. And so here's Peter. He's in prison, and he's chained to two soldiers. And Acts chapter 12 tells us that he's sleeping in prison. Now, if one of your cohorts just got killed with a sword by Herod, would you be sleeping? I'd probably be praying. I'd be sweating. I'd be crying. Something, right? Peter's sleeping. You know why? Because he had the promise of Jesus that you'll be an old man before they take you to where you don't want to go. Now, that's the boldness. See, this is the change that happened. Let me tell you what, what God did for Peter. God changed Peter. And this is who Peter became. Peter was erratic all of his life. Peter became this rock that could trust God. Peter was given a new name. God gave Peter a name change. He changed his name. You're Simon, but I see you as Peter, Petros. Abraham was changed to Abraham in Genesis. James and John were called the sons of thunder. Could you imagine that? They must have fought a lot. I don't know. You know, the sons of thunder, they had a little bit of spunk to them. Levi, his name was changed to Matthew. And so when Jesus changes your name, he, he changed it for a purpose. And so John chapter 1, verse 40, one of the two heard John speak and followed him. That was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonas. Simon Barjona. You will now be called Cephas, or Peter, which is translated a stone. Petras, the word Petras is a small stone. God is Petra, the rock, the boulder, he is a small stone. He says, I'm going to take and I'm going to transform you. And see, what God does is he looks at your life and he sees what he will do through you and he gives you a new name. And that's what he did. His identity was no longer Simon. Oh, yeah, you see Simon Peter. Simon Peter, it's used together. But he's now Peter. Simon the Rock. Hey, Rocky. That's a good nickname, right? Rocky. Rocky. Um, God gave Peter a change of status. Not only did he get a change of name, but he had a change of status. He says in in the opening letter here, he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter wasn't always an apostle, but he was by the time he wrote that letter. Peter, an apostle. Peter went from being a new believer, a new convert, to becoming a disciple, to be an apostle. An apostle was one that would go out and, and would be, be representing the kingdom. They would go out and they would be the sent ones. The word apostle just means sent one. And so the office of an apostle, there's, there's two ways that you can use this word apostle. You had the people that were in the office of an apostle. And we see that here in, um, in Matthew chapter 10. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. And to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the name of the twelve apostles. See, he moves from disciple to apostle. He says, now the name of the twelve apostles, the sent ones, first, Simon, who's called Peter. And every time you see the list of the, the disciples, Peter's the first one. You always see him first. Now, check this out. There's, there's the, the strict sense of the office of an apostle, which, by the way, to be an apostle, you had to see Jesus. The apostle Paul, we call him an apostle. Why? He saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, the bright light when God blinded him. He had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. There are no more office of apostles Those, because jesus you can 't physically see Jesus, so, so this was the beginning stages of the early church, the apostles right But I want you to also consider there 's a, a loose use of the of the word apostle It means sent one Silas, Barnabas, and few other missionaries they were known as apostles because they were sent out by the church so what i 'd like to suggest to you this morning is this: Jesus said. Even as the Father has sent me, over in John chapter 20, he says, Jesus has said, even as the Father has sent me, so send I you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. So there is, there's room for us to grow from being a new believer, a con- new convert, you just basically have said, I am going to trust Christ, to a disciple. And I want to challenge most of our church today. Are you a new believer or are you a disciple? You could be a believer that trusted Christ and has done nothing with it. I'll call you the new believer because you have not yet become a disciple. A disciple is the one who says, I'm digging into God's word. And I'm saying, what is it that Jesus would have for me to do? I am hungry for God. I want to follow Him. I want to obey Him. That is the next step of growth. It's discipleship. And then the next thing that happens is to become an apostle or one sent, the sent ones. And you see, the, Peter, he becomes the sent ones. He was going out and he was telling the good news of Jesus everywhere he went. He was, they were thinking not just about their own little town. They were thinking about the globe. They wanted to bring people to Jesus everywhere. This morning, for all of you that are in vacation Bible school, I just prayed over you. I'm asking you. I'm asking God to send you this week. I love what you're going to do this week. God loves what you're going to do this week. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit of God to send you to third grade, to 3-year-olds, 6th grade, 4th grade, I'm asking God to send you. That's what this is. He says to become a sent one. And so as we look at this, are you are you are you growing in Christ? Are you just a new believer? Are you a disciple? Are you a sent one? We just took a whole group to Ecuador. You guys sent us as a church. Man, We've got stories to tell. We're going to be coming in a few weeks and we're going to share some of the celebration that we've had. There was a lot more that happened than a bus breaking down on Route 43. Let me just tell you. There's a whole lot that happened, all right? God was good to us. But there's an idea that, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to take the good news of Jesus to the next level. Author Hollis Green said that churches die when converts don't become disciples. And when disciples don't become apostles or sent ones. You see, there's a there's a process of growth. And if Christianity is just about, okay, I am a believer and I'm not going to go to hell when I die. If that's it, you've missed the whole plan that God has. Like, that's pretty good that you're going to go to heaven when you die. That's what I want you to have. That's my number one mission is for you to know Jesus personally, and have a relationship with him. But let me tell you, the relationship must grow. And you start becoming a disciple. You see, this is what's happened in Amanda's life. Somebody came to her, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, and gave her Jesus. And we had convert. Now, she's a disciple. She's digging in. She's eating it up. Would she go to heaven? Absolutely. She trusted Christ as her Savior. Right? That's how you get to heaven, through Jesus Christ alone. The next step is, what is it that Jesus wants in my life? How do I deny myself daily? What is it about me that I've got to surrender? You know, I always tell people, you have to do this daily. It's a, it's a daily surrender because by the end of the day, a whole lot of yourself creeps back in. It really does. Um, my best hours are in the morning. I'm, I, you know, By the end of the day, I'm thinking a whole lot about myself. Because I'm just dead tired. Right? You begin to think more about yourself. He says daily deny yourself. Churches die. Let me tell you why this church is alive, folks. Because many converts became disciples. And many of those disciples became sent ones. They're thinking about the world much bigger than them. Most churches that only have people that are thinking about themselves won't be here for the next generation. We're able to be here for the next generation because of the process of growth. Is it hard? You bet it's hard. But so is getting out of bed in the morning for crying out loud. Listen, everything of value in life is hard. So you get up and you say, okay, and you know, and I'm, you know, God's going to do the work in you. You, you. you start coming to God. You make a discipline. You make an appointment to meet with God. And God gives you his heart and you start to obey him. So we see for Peter, he had a changed name. He had a change of status, if you will. He, he, he became an apostle, a status of growth. Don't think status like, hey, he's more important. Think of the sideways. Think of he went from a believer to a disciple to one who was going out and telling the good news. And now, thirdly this morning in your notes there, God gave him a change of heart. God gave Peter a change of heart. This is so powerful. Peter, I tell, I tell you, he's up and down, right? And you see that up until the cross. And then after Jesus rose from the dead, you see the rock come out. Peter is with Jesus, and Jesus says, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to go to the cross and, uh, and, and Peter says, no, 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 and, no. Uh, and then he says, Peter, you're going to deny me. You will deny me three times before the rooster crows. Three times. Listen, I just heard those roosters in Ecuador at 2.45 a.m. And 3.45. Yeah, it's beautiful. For somebody else, it was beautiful. So anyhow. I was thinking I was, like, I do like this. No, no, no. He says, Peter, you think you're something. You're going to deny me before the sun goes down, basically. They take Jesus out. Jesus gets arrested in the garden. Peter runs and hides. And Peter comes up, and they, they get on him. Aren't you a follower of Jesus? Aren't you a follower of Jesus? Aren't you a follower of Jesus? And three times Peter denies Jesus. No, I don't know the man. After Jesus rises from the dead, God gives Peter a change change of heart. Can you imagine the devastation that Peter felt? I told him I would never deny him. A couple hours later, I denied him three times. My master hanging on that cross is dead. For three days, Peter must have felt despair. How could I do this? I can't believe I did this. And then Jesus rises from the dead and everything changes. And look how Jesus validates him. Check this out. Over in John chapter 21, John 21 verse 15. So this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. And Jesus comes to them on the beach and he, they're having breakfast. They're making fish. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, all right? So he uses his old name. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And the word for love there that Jesus asked him is this word agape. Do you love me without strings attached, unconditional love? Is that how you love me? Do you love me like that? And Simon Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And in the Greek, it's a different word. We have one word that describes all of these love. But in the Greek it's a word is phileo. It means family or brotherly love. He says, "Of course, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You know that I have this this family, this brotherly love for you." And what she says, he says, "Well, then feed my lambs. My sheep are important. I want you to take care of my flock." Verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Again, he uses the word agape. Do you love me? And he says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Peter responds again with this phileo love. So you have this agape love, which is the deepest, no strings attached. Only God can truly love us like that. He says, do you agape me? And Peter says, do you know, Lord, that I phileo you? And he says to him, tend my sheep. So he says, listen, my sheep are important. You've got to tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said it to him the third time. He denied Jesus one, two, three times. Jesus is driving the point home. Do you really love me? Do you really love me? Do you love me? And Jesus looks into his eyes, and this time he says, Do you love me? And he uses the word phileo this time. And he says, Peter, do you love me? And and Peter was grieved because he said that. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know that I phileo you. And then he responds back, Jesus says, then feed my sheep. And folks, what Jesus just did there was he gave him a new heart. He said, your past is over. Your insecurities, your up and down is gone. You are now Peter the Rock. Peter, I trust you to feed my sheep. Wow. Wow. Like, this is, this is mind-blowing to me. Like, Jesus took the guy who just denied him a few days earlier, and he says, Okay, you love me? If you're going to love me, you're going to care for my sheep. You're going to take care of my flock. You're going to help them know more about me. Peter, I trust you. Peter goes out. A few weeks later... The grand opening of the church. And he preaches the greatest sermon ever. And as he preaches that greatest sermon, 3,000 people come to Jesus in one single day. And that's the opening of the church. 3,000 people. God took this guy who was insecure, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon who hears but doesn't really listen. And he turned him into Peter, the rock who would be building his life upon the rock, Jesus Christ. And this man, Simon, is going to give us. Peter is going to give you. Peter the Apostle. Peter, mature in his faith, who hung out with Jesus, is going to give us the lessons that we're going to look at in the next few weeks. Who's he writing this book to? He's writing it to the exiles. The exiles, people who aren't living in their own home. These people were scattered abroad. In, In Rome, you'll find out that if you look in the history of Rome, uh Nero, Nero had burnt Rome down. And he blamed it on the Christians. And the Christians spread out all over the, all over the place. And those are those providences he lists. We're going to come back to that next week. But I want you to catch this. You're in exile. You're living in a world that's not your home. You are a citizen of heaven. We are living in a world that's not our own. You know, when I'm in Ecuador, I'm an exile it's not my home they can tell by looking at me that i don't belong there i'm serious they come up to me little kids come up and they rub my arm A couple of them rub my head <laughs> i think they were looking for three wishes i don't know you know they're rubbing my arms rubbing my head why cuz we're they know that, that that they don't see people like me and so we're out in the deep parts of these areas where they don't get to see people like this and, and i go got to try and talk to them. I can't communicate with them, right? Because I speak a different language. I have one sentence that I know by heart. Donde es el baños? Where is the bathroom? Okay? Very important. You must know that in every language of where you travel. But let me tell you, we are in Excel. If you're having a hard time with the world around you, it's because we're speaking a different language. It's because we're going upstream. We're the foreigners. And God says, I want you. First Peter is going to be all about this. How do we live boldly as exiles? Today, as we close our service, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. I'm going to ask the men who are serving communion, if you would please come forward at this time. And we will serve the congregation. As they serve the congregation, we ask everyone to retain the elements until they've been served, till all have been served. You will find the bread is at the bottom of the cup. There's a seal on the on the small end of the cup, and then at the top on the on the bigger end is the juice. We'll start with the bread. But this morning, as we come and we open this bread, I want to remind you that everything that happened. Is because of what Jesus did on that cross. Gentlemen, you may serve the congregation, please, at this time. Peter became a believer because of what Jesus would do on the cross, Peter was a disciple. Because of what Jesus would do on the cross. Peter's writing this whole letter as an apostle to us. Why? Because of what Jesus would do on the cross. And Jesus told us that he wanted us to remember what he would do for us. He wants you to never forget it. He says as often as you come together, do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, if you have trusted Christ you're at least a new believer you've trusted Jesus i invite you to partake in communion with us this morning and this bread was given jesus took the bread and he had ripped the bread and he gave it he gave thanks this he said this was the body that was broken for you When he did that, he said, this is the symbol. This is the symbol of my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He prayed over the bread. He blessed it, and then he said, do this in remembrance of me. So let's pray together. Father God, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for this bread. We ask that you will bless each one of us, Lord, as we remember what you have done for us. God, we're here to bless you this morning. You told us to do this in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Lord, we do this and we remember that your body was broken so that we can be made whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And he took the cup it's all open the juice at this time he took the cup and he said this is the, the new covenant in my blood this is the new agreement between God and man folks the only reason that any of us get to heaven is because of what Jesus did on that cross because of the new agreement the new covenant between God and man the blood of Jesus Christ He said, do this in remembrance of me. Father God, once again, Lord, we thank you for this juice that is representative of your blood today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You told us to do this. You instituted this for us. And, Lord, as we come together, Lord, and we worship you today, we say thank you, Father. Thank you that I can go to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. Thank you that I can grow and become a disciple. I can become a learner. I can become a follower of Jesus and obey you because of what you have done on the cross. Lord, I can become an apostle. I can be one sent out doing the work of God because of what you have done. Not because of anything that I've done. We thank you and we remember your sacrifice this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. Let's stand together and be dismissed. I want to encourage you. Let's be in prayer. It's going to be a powerful week this week. Thanks for worshiping the Lord and remembering our great God today.